Good afternoon, Jaguars, and welcome to the first episode of Jaguar Journal. This podcast is a platform that will feature alumni as they talk about their experiences, life skills, self-discovery as it relates to their experience here at Governor State University, and their overall development. This platform will help us, the Alumni Association, engage alumni, and we want you to know that once a Jaguar, always a Jaguar. You can still look to us for help. Hi, I'm Christiana Russell, a 2020 graduate, and your host for Jaguar Journal. Hopefully, you can take away something from this podcast today and apply it to your everyday life. Today's guests are friends who met in their program, Nishan Johnson and Stephen Shaw. They will have a very interesting conversation about their experience here at Governor State and the role that it played in their current success. Enjoy. I'm Nishan. Um, my degree program was Communication, Media, and Performance. I graduated in 2020. And my current role is I am an inclusion lead um, for uh, an autism special association. And basically what I do is I help get individuals who have autism acclimated to a setting that is non-autistic. Cool. My name is Stephen Shaw, and I, too, am a graduate of the Communication, Media, and Performance Program in 2020. And my current title is I am a assistant researcher for Radical Empathy Education Foundation, which deals with helping um, people be aware of what human trafficking is, but also finding ways to protect children from being trafficked. And I am also a co-creator for Human Trafficking Hater for a YouTube channel. I think for me, I think the biggest thing was that I felt like I could enter my master's program the same way I did my bachelor's program. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what messed me up, like having a mindset like, oh, this is going to be like a bachelor's program. I'm going to be good. I can just walk right into this. And then I was like, oh, this is not <laughs> nothing like that. This is a whole nother beast as far as like the work, the test, the reading. Right. It's completely different from your bachelor's program. And in the sense that you can be late sometimes with your work in your bachelor's program. In your master's program, there's no such thing as late. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so it was just the experience was just completely different. Really, the transition period is kind of what I had to get used to while being in my program because I was so used to being a bachelor's student because I went straight from my bachelor's to my master's. So right. it was like, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be a walk in the park. And then the reading was so much more dense. The tests were a lot long, 150 questions. It was it was, it was a lot different. So yeah. just that transition piece was like, okay. You thought it was going to be like an extended bachelor's program. Exactly. I thought I was just going to be doing another four years of hanging out and talking, <laughs> socializing. And it was like, oh, no, um, that free time, you need to be reading. You need to be testing. You need to be meeting with your classmates. You need to be getting right. some help, some tutoring. It was <laughs> okay. Coming into this master's program, I was always a confident individual as it was. Mm -hmm. And it just strengthened my resolve more because I can't say, you know, going through that program, I did have some bumps in the road here in there right. but just reminding myself of why i started the program in the beginning mm -hmm. and why that was important yeah. i just feel you know if i could make it through this i could make it through anything and even during covid getting the degree yes. during all that crazy stuff when everything shut down yeah. and we were all at home doing our assignments i was like hey it's just another obstacle in the way let's mm -hmm. move it you made it this far let's just keep going so i think if anything this program helped me strengthen my resolve more than ever yeah, and that definitely makes sense. And I have a quick question for you all. So, like, what was your goal when you started the program? Was it just to finish or was it to secure, like, a specific type of position or, like, what did you expect? I think I think in the beginning it was all about finishing. I think in the beginning it started off just making it to that finish line. But then mm -hmm. as you're in the program, like, you think 
especially in my case, I thought to myself, like, two years is going to fly by. I was like, two years, I'll be done. I'll be right. doing something else. And then in the middle of you going through the program, you start to realize that there are so many other, so many other skills that you need and want along the way. So finishing isn't just the goal anymore. It's like, what skills do I need to be able to do what it is that I want to do once this is over? Because when I was in my bachelor's program, I thought school was going to be forever. I was like, oh, this feeling of school is going to be forever. And but you have to realize that just doing the work is not going to get you where you want to be. You have to really gain on those professional skills. You mm-hmm. got to develop a bunch of different skills just to be where you want to be. So I think that was the biggest thing for me, just being able to say, OK, I want to finish. But when I want to finish, what do I want to have in saying that I have when I finish? Right. Yeah, for me, it was. I guess, yeah, yeah, finish, but mm-hmm. also, too, I just wanted to, like, really just build on the skills I already have for my mm-hmm. undergrad, because right. I got my bachelor's degree from here in criminal justice, mm-hmm. and so I yeah. felt, you know, the communication side and the criminal justice side were essential, because mm-hmm. as we all know, law enforcement isn't perfect today, oh, yeah. and I felt that if there was a way, if I could find ways to better communicate, because I want to go in that field, mm-hmm. and try and be that bridge the gap between police and the community. I felt, you know, let's use this program as like a stepping stone to understand what I can say to better both parties so we could all live in one one unity. Yeah. Yeah. Did you all have your like career choice picked out before you started the program? Oh yeah. Yeah. For me, it's always been either anything in federal law enforcement, either FBI, U.S. Marshals were like my top two. I've always been all over the place because communication, because <laughs> communication is so broad. And I've been studying communication my whole life. Like my bachelor's program was communication. Right. So my first choice was that I wanted to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out that journalism isn't always biased, mm-hmm. it isn't always factual. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go into journalism because I wanted to be honest if I was going to do it. And sometimes you can't be like that all the time. <laughs> so then it turned into I wanted to be into media, but media is not an easy place to be. Like you really have to know a lot of people to be able to step your feet into a media. So then that changed. And then towards the end of my program, I started realizing that autism was something really, really important to me and that I wanted to build on the communication between non-autistic and autistic individuals. So mm-hmm. I built my whole capstone around that. And then I started working in that. So I think autism is where my feet are going to probably be for the rest of my life. Nice. So since we already kind of touched on that, the capstone project, tell me about your capstone project. Ooh, capstone was very, very difficult um, for me in my opinion, only because it started off with me having a topic and doing a topic to me being told that I couldn't do that topic because of time limitations. Right. And I was okay with that, but it was just that I had started so much research and I was kind of upset about that. As far as the research and how you have to prove everything and back everything up, Capstone is definitely, for me, it was difficult. For me, it was definitely tough for sure. Yeah. But like I said, I kept reminding my why of why I started. It was right. like, okay, worry's gone. Let's cram this out and get it done. Yeah. And I remember because my topic was dealing with human trafficking and how it relates to the social media side of things. And I felt, you know, with social media changing almost every day, mm-hmm. there's things that especially parents are missing. You know, you need to be aware of what your kids are doing. So I felt if yeah. I could combine yeah. the criminal justice side of it along mm-hmm. with the communication side of it, it would just be like one big thing. And thankfully it went through mm-hmm. and it was like the first bulk of my paper was like my thesis. And then like underneath all that was the capstone of mm-hmm. like what I would do if I were to go around and share it right. with parents, teachers, administrators, or whoever, mm-hmm. and show them, you know, these are the things that you can do and the steps that you can take 
to try and protect kids from possibly being trafficked online. So we kind of talked about a little bit about your experiences in the classroom. Do you all share like a funny experience <laughs> that you all had, or like a crazy, bizarre experience that you just remember? I feel like it's probably gonna always lead to group projects. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> I think. I think. <laughs> always group projects. I think group projects is probably <laughs> the area, only because it's like you have to mesh so many different personalities together to get one common goal completed. Yes. And it's like the way you may approach it, the way he may approach it, the way I approach it is always gonna be different. Right. So I think for us, we were actually in a group project together. It was myself and two other, well, myself and him and two other people. Mm -hmm. And one of the people that we had in our uh, group was very, very, very opinionated. And then the other person that we had in our group was like the controller. Mm -hmm. So we had a person that was very opinionated and a person that was very controlling. And it was just like, we really <laughs> didn't finish our project to probably like the week. Like the week before. The week yeah. before. It was like our schedules were horrible. It was like the day when we were all meeting in the library, it'd be like just me and him would be there or <laughs> yep. me and him and the other person would be there. Ultimately, what ended up happening with our project is when we went to present it, only three of us presented it the correct way and one person was just flying off the hinges. The only good thing about it is that we were we were graded individually for okay. what we did. Mm -hmm. But as far as our presentation, we pretty much were up there looking like we were not prepared <laughs> at all because it was like, okay, so this is basically what was happening. So he is like uh, the like the oratory of our project. Right. Like anytime like I do a group, yeah. yes, any, yes, and I'm more like the creative person. I'm putting all the content together, putting all the documents together, and right. then the other person is like the research. So they're making sure that okay. everything we're saying was like proven. It was, yes. And then the other person wanted to be the spokesperson, but had no sense of being a spokesperson. So basically what ended up happening was we were together and we got all our pieces together. Okay. We were like, you're going to say this, you're going to say this, whatever, whatever. And when we got up there the day of the person who pretty much never came to any of the meetings said everybody's part. Oh, and then when the teacher was waiting on us to pretty much to say, say something, something, we was like, <laughs> was okay, what we going to say? Nope. I mean, I was sitting there like, okay, how is this going to go now? <laughs> yes. And the thing is, is you had to get, so we have to get participation points, which is you have to speak. So you have to find something. You had to say something. Yes. So it was like, I'm looking at him. He looking at me. <laughs> like, what do we we looking at the other people. <laughs> the audience looking at us. You're like, okay. Um, so yeah, our project. So this is what we just started making stuff up because right. the person pretty much took all our part. Like mm -hmm. said everything from A to Z. Like, and we were just like, okay, well, there's no more letters left in the alphabet. So what we <laughs> <laughs> <True>. <laughs> now that you're in the workforce, do you experience things like that where you work with all these different personalities and it's like, how are we going to get this done? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think it's because always there's always that one person that wants to be the conductor all the time and right. never wants to take another seat. It's like there's other seats in the train that you can sit on sometimes and you got to right. take a back seat. But sometimes you encounter people who just always want to lead and mm -hmm. you may have good areas where you lead and then maybe there's other areas where you need to take direction, but some people just don't understand that. So right. I'm still experiencing it today. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of been like 50, 50. It's mm -hmm. like you encounter some things that has been like, Oh, you know what? I actually see it. Well, okay. Let's actually try and like mm -hmm. bridge the gap. So right. it's been, it hasn't been bad, but it's been like more about let's just try and put our heads together yep. and like yep. not try and be disrespectful and just like hear each other's ideas. So it's been a little bit more Absolutely. open. But I'm just happy that we're able to just like, you know, if we have a difference of opinion, 
like let me just explain you know why i see it this way yeah i see it your way yes yeah. but like let me see why this can combine with what you're saying right and we could yeah. all come to a medium and try and have a good conversation especially i think with us being communication majors that was our whole thing like understanding perspective so it's like yeah. even if we are in a tough situation because we've been taught so much that we have to figure out how to navigate other people's perspectives and make it all work even if a person is difficult to like possibly work with you still mm -hmm. learn something from that person it's still something that you can gain from that person so i think for I, I guess i can speak for the both of us that we know how to navigate through it and still learn mm -hmm. something and still make it work at the end of the day mm -hmm. yeah so speaking of learning something what is something that you took from the faculty like your experience with faculty what role did they play in you know you all having your career um roles now for me i think the biggest thing that i learned from faculty is not to take everything so personally um, I think for me, um, I think just going back <laughs> to being the only girl, I think I've just always been spoiled and my parents have always just been like, here it is. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's good when you're a kid, but as you get older, you have to realize like, that's not how the world works. Like you're not going to always be given, you know, right. what it is that you want. And I think for me, it was just like, I've always been that girl that it's like, because people believe in me, people love me, people mm -hmm. understand me. They're always like, well, here it is. Here it is. Do what you want to do. Yeah. It was like, when I got in my program, my professor was like, we don't care who you are. We wasn't <laughs> with you when you was doing all that stuff. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, we don't care about that. When there is a no, that doesn't mean that it's over. Like, yeah. figure mm -hmm. out how to work through it. And I think that all the professors in um, the CMP program pretty much helped me to understand that, like, don't take it personal just because we said no this time doesn't mean that as you keep going that we're going to continue to say no. Because my thing is when a person tell me no, I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't want to do it no more. But that's not how it works in life. So evolve the idea Yeah. And it's like now it's like I go through like people tell me no. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And I keep going. I would say for me is to not be too hard on myself because okay. I always say I am my own worst critic. <laughs> mm -hmm. And some of the professors really saw that because I, I mean, I took things not like mad at them, but like mad at myself. Like if I did something wrong or if I didn't like meet a certain requirement, I'd be like, oh, why did I do that? Like, what did mm -hmm. I get wrong? They would say, oh, no, no, you did it right. You just missed this one thing. Right. So just for me, it's just like understanding how, you know, life is not a sprint, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And that the journey and like what you're trying to achieve yeah. in the program will be not just positive for you, but also the research that you provide. So when you use it for your work environment, mm -hmm. it can be used for a positive change. Yep. And with being in this position where I'm in now with this human trafficking organization, I'm using what I build upon in my paper yeah. to try and help other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that's the perfect segue to my next um, question for you all. Like, what are some things that you learned um, in the classroom that help you in your current career? So like different skills and different things that you've learned that you actually use on a day-to-day -day basis? For me, I think the biggest piece is the different levels of communication yeah. and understanding that communication isn't going to always be universal. Mm -hmm. So for me, I work with kids that are diagnosed with autism and adults sometimes. And yeah. um, it's like a lot of people sometimes they, first of all, there's not a lot of awareness about autism, first of all. So mm -hmm. when a person meets them, they either shy away from them or they just give up because they don't know how to communicate with them. And it's like, that's my job. Like, I'm trying to make it to where you understand that they have communication barriers, but we can navigate through those communication barriers right. to understand what it is that they need and what you're trying to provide them. So mm -hmm. being able to study my entire capstone and pretty much really dig deep into my capstone, like mm -hmm. my capstone was extended because of personal reasons. 
But I'm really happy about that at the end because I was able to really dive deep and really understand autism and understand communication. And now I'm implementing that every day in my role. Someone comes in and they're like, oh, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's trying to do. And I'm like, let me show you. Let me let me help you walk through this so you can understand. So I think just the under the understanding of communication that communication is not going to be tailored universally. And then also just the perspective piece, all of those pieces I'm using every day in my role. Same for me. I remember when I was doing my paper, my chair, Dr. Vine, shout out Dr. Vine. I remember he told me that I could use his paper in whatever career field I use. And he said, this could be mm-hmm. used for mm-hmm. government work. Or if you want to go around and speak to kids, he said, you can use this as like, the stepping stone for whatever you want to do. And he was right. Just by using this and also showing people, you know, things that they may have missed, yep. whether it's like the law enforcement side or right. even as parents, it's like, I'm not saying, you know, they did anything wrong, but just like, you know, with social media constantly changing, mm-hmm. it needs to be addressed more because if you miss certain things, it could be a possibility that your kid or a relative that you may know that yes. could fall into those traps. Yes. Yeah. And you always segue right into my next question. <laughs> <laughs> you shout out your uh, professor that, you know, had something to do with who you are as a person now or, you know, your career choice now. So what is you all's favorite memory from the program? I would definitely say Dr. Vining. Dr. Vining. Doc, and I think the reason why is because Dr. Vining has a way of pulling out what you don't want to be pulled out of you. Like mm-hmm. he has a way of connecting with the students to really find out what it is that they want to do and then mm-hmm. he pushes you to do it like he's not an enforcer right but his i want to say his swag mm-hmm. his his conversation style it mm-hmm. really like it's touches you yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, and he and i think he studied seminary too yep. so i think that's mm-hmm. a part of it so it's yeah. like i feel like i'm getting preached to and motivated <laughs> and, so i think i think dr vinan was definitely my favorite piece as far as like outside of professor wise i would say political calm that was probably one of my favorite classes Mm -hmm. like just being able to understand like the rhetoric of political side and the entire communication into it it's Mm -hmm. probably my favorite class yeah Yeah, for me i'm like from dr vining to dr fisher dr good dr swelling i mean all the classes i took all had like just different areas of communication that you didn't even think about but how they all tie into the real world and so i would say like favorite memory Oh, there's so many. About to pick one. I would say this class I took with Dr. Fisher called Dark Side of Human Emotions uh-huh. was like a really awesome class. That sounds interesting. Oh, yeah. It was dealing with like relationships. They could have a dark side and a light side mm-hmm. and how everyone has some kind of dark side or light side within everyone, whether it's family communication, mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend, or whoever, mm-hmm. and how that plays a role within communication. That was like a really awesome class. Yeah. She was a really good professor. And I think it was interesting, too, because she was new. She was fairly mm-hmm. new. She had just started, like, and she was bringing classes in that you were like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, they were so good. Yeah, yeah I think it helped, too, with her being, like, not that far off in age between yes, us. because she was really close in age. Yeah, yeah so that made it even more fun. Like, oh, like, we're all together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she was real. Like, she didn't, she wasn't trying to be a professor. It was mm-hmm. like, she was mm-hmm. a professor. Of course, we respected her as that. Right. But it was like, mm-hmm. she related so much more to us and she was real like she would talk to us about real life stuff like this is gonna happen this is how you're gonna feel so my last um question for you all is what is some advice that you have for current students that are like secure in their program they know you know what they want to um graduate in but they're not sure how to secure or land the job 
I think for me, the biggest thing I would say is constantly update your resume. Update your resume even when you get a job. Yeah. Like, don't stop. Don't think just because, okay, my feet are in this position. I like this position. Still update your resume because you're going to learn different skills every day in that role. Or you're going to learn different skills every day while you're waiting to get that role. But just keep updating and adding to your resume. Mm -hmm. And seek people who do resumes and cover letters to get you some help so that you can have the right wording. It can, you know, display you, who you really are. Really apply to jobs that speak to you. Don't just be applying because you broke and you need something. (laughs) Like, apply to a job that you really going to want to do because you don't want to get into a role. And then now, in the next few months, you're trying to find something else. Like, really only apply to jobs that you really see yourself doing. Because yeah. I, I was at a point in my life right when COVID started and I was just applying. I'm like, I need a job. I can't just be doing Like, I need a job. And so I would just be applying to a bunch of stuff. And when they would call me back, I'd be like, I don't really want to do that. Right. So I just wasted my time and I wasted their time. So only mm-hmm. really apply to stuff that you really can see yourself doing in the future. That's good. My biggest advice, definitely network. Yep. Networking is such, I feel like people think, oh, I'm, I may be shy. It's like, trust me. They want to help you, no yeah. matter if it's a professor or somebody you work with on campus, mm-hmm. constantly network. Yes. The reason why I'm yes. in this position where I'm in right now yes. with this organization is because I had a former professor that I had an undergrad that hooked me up with it. Mm-hmm. And with him being a part of it, now I'm reaping the fruits of the benefits as well, but also yep. putting a positive impact yeah. on what I want to do when I get into the law enforcement side. Mm-hmm. So definitely network, be present. That's yep. definitely one. Because like you may think it's hard now, but just know the hard work that you're putting in will reap it better for you in the future. And I think, too, I think two more that I want to add. Just always be honest with yourself and always stay true to yourself. And what I mean by honest is be honest as far as the work that you need to do within yourself. Like I mentioned back a few questions ago, I walked into life out of my undergrad program thinking that I was just going to be able to walk through doors because of what I did in my undergrad. That's kind of a negative trait in the way if you think about it. You have to be honest with yourself when you have some of those negative traits that you need to work on. I can't take an I mentality into no organization and think that I'm going to have a good experience. If somebody's telling you, you don't have to listen to everything somebody is saying, but if somebody is saying like, constantly you keep hearing a lot of people saying this is negative about you, this is negative about you, then whether you're in a job or outside of a job, work on those skills. Like try to figure out how you can make that skill less negative and turn it into a positive. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. <laughs> Look in the mirror. What's, what's that song? Man in the mirror by Michael Jackson. All right. <laughs> work on yourself. <laughs> I think I, if I could leave like one little last thing, I would say just don't give up. Like life is hard, okay? And I feel like a lot of us haven't even experienced how hard life can get. Like a lot of people are fortunate to not experience the real woes of life, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's going to be hard, but don't give up. Like he said, you know why you started this, you know what your goal is. So don't ever give that goal up. Like if you envision yourself to be somewhere, work every day to get there because you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's mimicking you. So don't, mm-hmm. don't shy up. Well, I just want to say thank you to both of you for coming to the Jaguar Journal podcast. And I really appreciate you all sharing your experiences and talking about how um, this program helped to evolve you as a person and evolve mm-hmm. the way that you, you know, accept and view other people as well in terms of, you know, communication. And that's a big part of being people, you yep. know, we yep. communicate yep. with each yep. other and how we interpret and how we perceive that communication is very important. Nishan and Stefan, you're both amazing guests. From the Alumni Association, we sincerely thank you for coming on to the Jaguar Journal podcast and sharing your story, your experiences, and advice with our listeners. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. 
We hope that something was said in this podcast that you can take with you and hold dearly. Governor State University alumni, please share this with your peers. This is a platform that will contain experiences that I know we can all relate to. If you are a Governor State alum or alumna and you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email me at krussell 3 at govst.edu. If you are looking to make a donation or join the Alumni Association, please visit govst.edu slash alumni. You can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Governor State University Alumni Association. Our next podcast will be uploaded Wednesday, July 8th. Once again, I am Christiana Russell, and I hope that you all continue to tune in and have a great day.